0: Welcome to Grace at the Table, a podcast from Grace Community Church where we take culturally relevant topics and discuss them biblically and practically. You are listening to the start of Season 2 here on Grace at the Table. Our first topic will be the practical outworkings of our most recent sermon series called Abide, Experiencing God in Everyday Life. If you want to check out those messages, you can do so on gracecommunity.org. We're excited to kind of dive in today with uh, kind of a follow-up to our Bide series. And so I have myself, Eric, uh, with Don and Greg here with us today, uh, all pastors here at Grace. And so I'm excited to kind of dive in today. Uh, any thoughts you guys want to add about if we dive into some questions and kind of what we're doing here?
1: Well, I, you know, this is something I think is, is so important to our Christian life, and it's easy to kind of... Uh be kind of coasting along in our Christian life and not really be thinking so much about how God's involved and in, in, around us. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm.
2: Let's dive in.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> well, as we dive in, obviously, we're talking about this this topic of abide. Uh, for us here at Grace, uh, we've been walking through this series the past seven weeks now. Um, but for those who aren't here at Grace, how would you guys define the term abide? Like, what does it mean? Why are we doing this series?
1: Go ahead.
2: Well, I guess when I think of the word abide, um, I'm thinking of, you know, walking with Jesus throughout the day in a close relationship where I'm aware of his presence, that he's with me, that there may be things he has for me to do, and just kind of trying to walk in that reality, much as Jesus did with, with his father. Um, and so I, I think the heart of this series and is to kind of just encourage and help people to be able to practically live that out and experience that in their own lives. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I really like the uh, – we started off with the series, you and John, and we saw where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches mm-hmm. and talking about abiding that way. I think that's really helped me in this series to kind of think through – that we're not just trying to learn information so we can do our own thing or we can just try and copy Jesus, but you know that He's really that source You know that is enabling us to live this life.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to just kind of think about, kind of even as I've, we've walked through this series, seeing how different people have been around in our church body, like how it's impacting them and how they're thinking about this idea of like experiencing God in everyday life. Um, and I'm seeing the impact, which is great. So I'm encouraged in that regard. Uh, but I think there's also a lot of questions still to go. Uh, Obviously, when we have Sunday sermons, there's only so much we can talk about. And so I'm excited to be able to dive in today to talk a little more practically about, okay, what does this actually look like? And so I think about that as like, kind of, one of the things we talk about in this series is the idea of seeing God at work around us. And so as I think about that, I also think of the contrast. So what do we do when we, we, like, should we experience God in everyday life? Like, should we or should we not, like, every day experience God at work?
2: Well, I think. You know, if I just think of the of the big picture, the reality of God at work, um, you know, Jesus Jesus kind of said, "God, my Father's always working." So God's always working around us, probably many times in ways we're not aware of and see. But I think there's a very direct relationship between my alertness and awareness of what that what God may be doing and how much I may or may not see. Uh, as to what god is doing around me
0: makes
1: sense yeah i agree with that i, <laughs> I don't know if i could say much better than that one, <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that yeah there's a there's a dynamic of spiritual life that's not perceived easily you know it's not perceived without the spirit of god and then there's an intentionality that we play that we have in order to really ask god to enlighten our eyes and and and, and slow us down or just open our eyes to what he's doing. So I think there's an element of, you know, of it's, it's God is working, but do we see it? And why don't we see it, I guess, some of that. That
0: yeah, makes sense. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the things you uh, kind of taught on in the series was this idea of situational awareness and, you know, needing to be alert to what's going on around us, or we just kind of go through our day on our own agenda and zeroed in on our own thoughts, and we just, you'll miss mm-hmm. the, the the things that God may be doing around you that he may want, have a place for you to play a part in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as you guys think about your own
2: lives, you guys have
0: examples of how that might look?
2: Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> I can think back, you know, like I worked out in the workplace for... 27 years before I came on staff here at the church, and and I tried, you know, as I w- would go to work each day, to kind of cultivate this idea of Lord, I want to be alert to kind of opportunities that you may have, and um, it certainly wasn't every day, mm-hmm. but over those years, there were many situations where God kind of showed me something or took me to a situation. Sometimes it was. You know, like I can remember times where you know somebody lost a loved one, and and I just felt like I could go over and mm-hmm. try to encourage that person, and that may open up a conversation and um, or opportunities to share the you know the gospel with people yeah. uh, that sometimes would be just prompted you know in a conversation. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're dropped in your lap, and it's like yeah. duh, you know. And other times it's like, well, should I or shouldn't I? And you're not quite sure, but. You know, maybe step out, take a chance, and see what God does. So, yeah, um, but certainly not every day of my life would I see those things.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. You know, it, there's a lot of times where you you're probably aware that you know you, you had a you had a, you noticed something, yeah. and then um, you just went on with your plan. You just went on with your day, and then you realize you know that that person you know was in the hospital or, or and you didn't know that yet you know or you know but you get this you can kind of look back and say oh i missed that opportunity <laughs> and and so sometimes it's kind of getting you after a while seeing you know when i get these little sense of something's happening here Needing to slow down, that really helps me to to start real, realizing you may be missing something if you don't if you don't slow down and pray, or you don't slow down and ask a question, or you don't make that call or something like that. I think I've, I've learned, you know, just those things those things I miss a lot. You
0: yeah. know, I mean, did you ever get the sense like when in those moments where you didn't see God working that you were doing something wrong?
2: Um, well, I mean, I I I can appreciate the feeling that if yeah. you never see if you have you know no sense of this yeah. in your life that maybe there's something that you need to think about or um but again you know like to me if you look at the bible it's easy to read the bible and you see all these phenomenal stories of god working over four thousand years, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or two, th- yeah, yeah. well, maybe four thousand. Thousands.
0: Thousands of years. Yeah, thousands
2: <laughs> of years. Um, but as you read, it's easy to feel like, man, those things are just happening all the time. Yeah. But there's long stretches of time, so so there can, you know, like I say, it's not, it's not necessarily something where God is doing big things around you all the time. Um, but you never know hmm. what tomorrow might bring, and so you know if you're available and alert then you position yourself that when god god is doing something small or big that maybe you're in the right place to be a part of that yeah, it's easy to miss those times like moses was 40 years of silence in the desert before right. he got called or you
0: think about daniel and how you have like a couple big experiences over the course of 70 years and so it's easy to miss those like long times of seemingly silence that isn't written about
2: Right, and there's probably two sides to that coin a little bit. Those are the big things, you know, but there's probably a lot of little things that happened throughout Daniel's life and, you know, were little ways that God was kind of just using him in different things. Um, And so somewhere in between those is the reality that, you know, God's doing stuff and it's not every minute of every day, but there will be times if we pay attention.
1: And sometimes those assignments aren't like... a a short assignment you know sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes you you pick up you know someone's going through a trial or one of your kids needs attention or you know there's a statement made that they and maybe that assignment is is a long term assignment you know you're going to be involved with helping that you know that person with their fear or or that person through their trial you know so it's not like you get you need lots of assignments because some of those assignments keep going you know for quite a while so some of those times you can be Still focused on you know, and and you know the thing I was thinking about it this week you know just how, you know, God's word is 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 written there for us, because God's always talking to us in His word, or He's regularly talking to us in His word. So I think that His word is a, is a way that we're, you know, we're reinforcing keep going or here's a, here's another way you can meet that assignment and you know there's another here's more truth that you've been told or mm-hmm. things come back to your mind that you've been told you should do this, you know. So I think that there's a there's a dynamic in kind of in our spirit, you know, that that's happening. But there's also, you know, there's there's other ways that God is, is reinforcing what he's ta- what he's talking to you about.
0: Yeah, I think about that, like obviously all three of us being pastors, the the call to pastoral ministry was probably a big thing at one point that God got God made clear. And he might reinforce that through some little things. Yeah. But it's probably not the same big thing that you heard the first time when you feel like, Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. So, when, Don, when you talk about your experience at work there, how do you how did you practically cultivate that idea of
2: situational awareness around you? Um, well, for me personally, um, I'm a big fan of morning devotional times. And, you know, not that that's cast in stone, you have to do that. But for me, it helps me kind of get my day oriented in the right direction. So yeah. I would, in my devotional times, try to leave that time cultivating a a sense of I want to pay attention, God, to what you're doing. Yeah. Now, how many countless days there were that I got caught up in stuff and kind of totally lost that? Mm-hmm. There were probably lots, yeah. <laughs> you know. But that's what I was trying to be alert to. And then when I, you know, if if I would see things throughout my day, those, those moments, and, and often there's this little kind of prompt or it's like a bump in your spirit where, boom, hey, pay attention here, yeah. you know. And, uh, so I tried to be alert to those things and not just be so focused on doing my job exactly. that I wasn't kind of having those things hit my radar, you know, when they would occur yeah. and, and looking for it. You know, I think if you, if you kind of, I would go to work lo- kind of tr- looking for those things. So I'm trying to, trying to pay attention, trying to be alert, but I want to be about this, you know, yeah. and, uh, so I don't know how many I missed, you know, probably a, a bunch, but mm-hmm. uh there were times when I think God was able to involve me in things he was doing that made a difference in people's lives.
0: Yeah. And obviously Greg, you did the message on situational awareness a handful of weeks ago. Yeah. And we heard many examples of your own life in that process. So Anything sure. you'd add to what I yeah. was saying there.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate, you know, the the whole thought of of uh anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um I I was remembering, you know, back um You know, D.L. Moody was a was a very effective evangelist, and and uh, someone was going to him, and he was saying, you know, they didn't see people get saved, you know, in their in their church, and and he said to him, well, you don't expect someone to get saved every week, do you? And he says, well, no, I don't, I don't. He says, well, that's your problem, (laughs) and so I, I think that it doesn't mean that someone will get saved every week necessarily, but if I if I'm walk into life for days or things like that thinking probably nothing big is going to happen. I kind of already know what Sunday service is going to be like or my small group is going to be like or my job is going to be like, and you're just kind of just coasting along. Uh, I, I think that we don't see yeah. much, <laughs> but and God may intervene and show you bump, bump you pretty hard, but but regularly I think that there is something very important about uh, faith and even dependence on God to open your eyes, I think you know even even I was discipled really young, you know to just pray before I read the Bible, <laughs> you know open my eyes, I might behold wonderful things from your from your law or from your word, so I think that there's an element of looking to God to open your eyes, and I think that anticipation that faith I think God honors that and get, and shows you shows you things,
0: yeah, I think I, I grew up in the um and crew is where I really grew my, grew my faith in college. And the, idea, the term we use is the idea of uh, spiritual antenna, keeping your spiritual antenna up. Mm-hmm. And it's the same idea of like, when you think about the situation awareness and the, the military type style, it's like, if we don't have our radar turned on, then why, why would we expect anything to happen? Yeah. But it's like, unless we have that radar turned on, that's where we're able to kind of be alert and aware and kind of anticipating yeah. God working. Yeah. And if we're not anticipating, then yeah, we probably won't see
2: it. Yeah. And I think the faith point is a really important one because if if I don't believe that God wants to use me that he, he has, you know that he will use me I'm probably not going to see much happen. I mean I think about Jesus said, you know, be it done to you according to your faith. And so there is this sense that if, what we believe in terms of God wanting to use our lives. Does make a difference, I think. Yeah.
1: And I think for a lot of us, in a, you know maybe it was in our college years or something like that, our early Christian experiences. You know, we went on mission trips, we went to conferences, and we went there, like thinking, "Wow, something, mm. something big's going to happen." Or you know, I was even taught, you know, when you get on an airplane or when you get on a bus, you know, you know, God sovereignly is putting somebody next to you who might need to hear this or something like that. So you just kind of approach life. Mm-hmm expecting that God was working already and you're gonna, you're gonna see Him do something. And, and many, many, many times, you know, He did more during those times than He did on your regular commute in the city or something like that. But, but I think it, I do think it's a factor there is, are you looking, are you expecting, are you anticipating God working?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think about, again, I'll plug our Sunday sermons. What Adam talked about today, I thought he did a great job talking about just what he was alert to, of what God, how God was working and jumping into what God was doing. Yeah. Rather than trying to force our plans, it's like just letting God do things and kind of being alert to that and kind of say, all right, like that's where God's moving, let's go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I thought that was, that was good. So, how do you tell the difference then between those in those moments with something you're just kind of like seeing and trying to like interpret through our own thoughts versus like seeing how God's showing us, showing what He's doing in that process? How do you tell the difference between like our own thoughts versus what God's showing us God's doing?
1: Yeah, I don't know that you can always tell. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I think, I uh, think, I think that there's a part of this that is is you don't know until you see what happens. You know, when you step out. So if it's a good deed and it's a good opportunity, and you err on that was your thought, and but God wasn't stopping you, or I think I don't know if that's a bad a bad option. You know, that you serve somebody or cared for somebody or reached out to him or something like that. So I think that there is a kind of an alertness in your spirit. There's kind of a witness inside of you yeah. sometimes that that's more clear. That just says, "Do this, or this is right, or yes, yeah, stop your mm-hmm. what you were doing and go ahead." So I mean, I think that there's a, a sense in your in your spirit that you're you're not just thinking this. This is a some level of yeah. Don't this is. Keep going, son. You know, and so I think that that may be the best I can give it on on that. is is kind of a, a confirmation sometimes, and it can be pretty faint. It can be yeah. pretty faint, um, but sometimes it's pretty clear too for me, at least.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's an either or. Um, you know, one or the other. I think God is not a cookie cutter God, and He does things in so many different ways, and. I think there are those times when there's some sort of prompt or sense in your spirit that, you know, here's something you need to do. But then there are other times when maybe, as Adam was talking about this morning, that you just see a need and you don't really have any prompt or sense, but there's a need. And you step out and you do that and maybe God works along the way, you know, in meeting, you know, you to, to, to do something that he is involved in. But maybe you didn't get that upfront prompt about it. So I think it can go either way, mm-hmm. as, as you are fond of telling me through the years about the story about um, the armor um, bearer. No, who, who was uh, the, oh man, I can't think of the name, the guy who was on one hill and the yeah. Philistines were on yeah, the Jonathan other. Yeah, Jonathan right, his armor bearer. Jonathan, right in his armor bear. Yeah. And they just said, well, maybe let's just go over there and see what, see what happens. Maybe God will give them into our hands. And, you know, it wasn't like they were led by God to do that. They yeah. said, ah, let's see what happens. And yeah. so maybe maybe that's a you know, God does it both ways sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah I think God did lead <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, as you guys think about that, even like that concept, does that change over time for someone who's like a, a new believer versus someone who's been walking with Jesus for many years? Like, is that, does those things, this idea of seeing God at work, do those things change over time
1: I, I don't know so much they change I think you you continue to grow in your knowledge of who God is and some of his ways so sometimes I'd actually fans of some of those things that you but sometimes you see some of the naive na- naivety that you had you know when you just were just doing whatever reckless thing that you thought might might be good or something like that but I don't know that it ch- that it changes in, in and it could, yeah. Like I said, you could you could paint a, a reason as you mature that you'll be more cautious, and you could paint a, a reason as you mature that you become more take more risks too. And so I, I think that it's, but you know, I think God wants us to know Him, yeah. and know His words, know His ways, and I think that that's part of, you know, our our, our growth as Christians. I think
2: yeah I mean it may
1: vary from person to person um I
2: think sometimes as a new believer, you are more sensitive to the spirit. I know in my life when when I got saved, God was very active and personal and real yeah. and um so I, so i you know but that's not everybody's experience um so so that may vary, but I think you can go either way. You can either grow in your sensitivity to those things if you cultivate and pursue it, or you can fade in them. Yeah. You know, you can kind of drift from and just kind of drift back into going about life, you know, with the day-to-day stuff that your life is all about and not yep. pay much attention uh, and not be very sensitive to those things too.
0: And I th- Yeah, because so practically speaking, how do those things change? Like, how do we go about, like, Cultivating versus like it slowing down over time.
1: I mean, I think we always want to be fanning faith, and yeah. in, in my in my opinion, I think that's a good thing to fan. You know, so I think that it's always good to continue to grow in your in your confidence in God and you're remembering what God does and all those things. I do think that there's seasons of life that may, uh, or even situations that call for different kinds of giftings and, and wisdom, and, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's interesting to me, like Dawn and I will kind of tease one another a little bit or something like that, but, you know, I, I'm grateful for the team that God puts me on mm-hmm. because I think there's people who, who are bringing other aspects of truth and wisdom to bear on situations in terms of you don't get too reckless or you don't get too uh, comfortable, you know? And I think that the Holy Spirit is a... Uh, he's unpredictable in many ways. Yeah. and so you 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 need to hold those kinds of truths in front of yourself and in front of you know one another so that you don't you don't you don't uh if you don't put God into like a cookie cutter, this is the way he, he right. would operate in this situation. So yeah. you've got to, so I think that the, te- the temptation, there's, there's a wisdom to it growing in your knowledge and there's also that, like you said, there's that weakness of you starting to think, okay, I think I know what to, I know how to answer every situation. I know how to counsel you. But I think yeah. you got to realize there's a dynamic of, of the spirit and God that's you're not going to figure him out. He, he wants to do something new or different.
0: And that's one of the pleasures, I think, for me, observing you two guys on our team because you guys are wired kind of the opposite in those things to where you're more like the, the – somewhat can be cautious, but you use wisdom in that process versus sometimes you can kind of lean towards the reckless side. I think about different conversations we've had at times, yeah. and I think there's a, a good balance in that to our yeah. team
1: because of that. And I think that that's where iron sharpens iron. Exactly. You know, I think Don... I, what I really appreciate from Don's wisdom and cautiousness, I guess we'll, we'll use that word, Yeah, why not? yeah. is uh, that he always will ask, has anyone got a word from God? Yeah. Does anyone feel like God has told him what we need to do? So I think he's always... He's always will will uh, lean into, you know, if we're, if we're really confident this is a God thing, let's do that, let's do that. So I think that's that's good.
2: I do think one of the things that I would see in people that they can get hung up on is to get caught up in the methodology of how God does things, because he did something one way, that that's kind of the way we expect him to, to do something the next time. And I think that God has a million different ways of doing things, and He can, you know, even if it's kind of leading it's some, you know, leading you to do something um, that He wants you to do. Some sometimes He'll tell you, you know, sometimes He'll direct you, sometimes He'll just kind of orchestrate things so that you do it, and you don't hear a word from Him. And so, yeah. it's not so much about methodology of how God does things, and how he, um, speaks and calls you into things he's doing. It's, it's just being alert to the bigger yeah. picture that, that God might, you know.
0: Yeah. When you talk about this idea of God
2: speaking to you,
0: like, how does that work? What does it mean? Like,
2: um, well, uh, for me, uh, I think it could come in a lot of Different ways. Uh, there have been times in my life where I've heard God speak in a very clear voice. It was not an audible external voice. I mean, I've heard some people tell stories of hearing that, but I don't think that's been my experience. But I've heard God speak in my head as plain as if I'm talking to you sitting there beside me. Um, um, but I think a lot of times God speaking, in my own experience has been it's just something you sense in your spirit. It's a prompt. It's a it's like a bump. It's like almost like a, something sort of flashes a little bit in your awareness and that's not your thinking and alerts you to something. Um, and so to me, there are a lot of different ways. And sometimes I think if you're, you know, when you're asking God, particularly if you're praying and asking God, trying, you're seeking some sort of answer from God in something. Sometimes he may speak some answer. Sometimes he may just do stuff,
0: yeah.
2: you know, or put you in a place to do stuff. Um, so, I, th- again, it's not methodology as much as it is, you know, I think what, what Blackaby says in experiencing God is when you look at the people in the Bible who God spoke to, they knew it was God speaking, yeah. however he did it. And it wasn't so much how he did it. They just, however he did it, they knew it was him.
0: Yeah, I think back to mm-hmm. the message you gave about God speaking a handful of weeks ago now. And I think about those different things. Like, yeah, sometimes it is an audible voice. Sometimes it's it's through his word and, like, just speaking to us clearly there. Right. Sometimes it's through circumstances we, he's put us in or through other believers speaking to us. It's, there's such a variety there. Like I said, you can't get caught up on the methodology. I mean, I know for me, like, oftentimes for me, I felt like it's come across as more like an impression in my soul, like, or my impression in my brain of, like, I can't shake this thought, and it isn't something I naturally think about. And so it's that thing that just kind of is a, is a almost like a thorn in my brain of, like, no, you need to think about this. Um, and so for me, that's how it's been. I, I can't say I've had, like, an audible voice thing, um, but it's been clear to me, like, when those moments happen, that it's not necessarily my thought. And it's it's now stuck in my brain. I can't, can't can't, shake it. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would agree with both of you guys. I, I think that, I think this is where I think it's good to be in the Bible a lot. Yeah, because I feel like um, God's clearly has has His word before you, and you know, even when I was young, people would talk about you know this verse just jumped off the page. You know, that's if somebody tells you that, you can tell them. Um, I think that maybe God's speaking to you. That's that's kind of one way of just describing it and stuff like that. Uh, recently, I think I mentioned to that that I was. Um, I wasn't planning to, you know, to sponsor a child in Mexico, and I, in my back of my mind, I was thinking, I've I've got lots of people that I care about, and I'm not getting around to all them. How can I take on another one? But I could. When we got close to the time that the Lightshine people were visiting with us, I heard in my mind, you know, make room in your heart. I've never thought that phrase before but that came from a little piece of a, of a scripture verse where you know where Paul was appealing to some people and he says you know make room in your heart for me you know so I knew what he was saying to me in that situation but yeah I think a lot of it is 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 is, is this a sense of the spirit inside of us not you you know something just happened then and the other indicator i usually talk about i talk the you know the brake light comes on in your car you know you, you see this thing and you know that that's supposed to stop you or slow you down and when you get those kinds of nudges or blips or something that kind of like you notice it yeah. you you don't want to ignore those things like you don't want to ignore the lights that go on in your you know and check engine kind of lights or something like that yeah. you want to learn to just slow it down because i think that People do talk about, you know, God speaks in a, st- a still small voice, and so I think slowing down your life a little bit around those moments is is wise because the more noise in your life and the more activity and busyness, it's that makes it hard to to hear it. I think.
0: Yeah, oftentimes I think we can over spiritualize it. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's much more you know, simple and small than we want to give it credit for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I would just add maybe from my experience just in God speaking in my own life um, is um, it's often not what or when I would expect, um, you know, like I, I can kind of approach my relationship with God like I'm talking to you and you're going to talk back to me. And so if you don't talk back to me, I feel like, you know, are you, you're not saying anything, you know. But I think God is very different. You can be talking to Him, but when He's going to answer and how He's going to answer, are His, you know, His choice. Yeah. And um, oftentimes I find that um, it's it's not in the time when I'm having conversation with Him. It's out of the blue sometimes. Um, like for me personally, one of the times God. I think the spirit is most active in speaking to my life is about three thirty in the morning now that's strange, but I'll wake up and there'll just be things popping into my head that I know I'm not mm. trying to generate and it might be something related to church or you know my my role here or something we need to do or some thought about you know um Whatever it might be, but it's like, it's not when I expect it. Sometimes when I'm sitting in a, um, like if I'm scheduled to preach like two weeks from now, and I'm sitting in the service on Sunday, and I'm listening to somebody else preach, God starts speaking to me about the two weeks from now. So it's just never kind of what I would always expect. It's just diverse.
1: Yep. It's 3.30 in the morning, talk about not your timing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I have a pad of paper and a pen right next to my bed because those thoughts I can forget them if I don't write them oh, down. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just scribble enough that I could. It reminds me that you know this verse or this thought. You know, and I'll just go back to sleep then. Hmm. So God, I'll talk to you about this in a few hours from now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you tell the difference in those moments whether it's God speaking versus it's just your own thoughts thinking your own mind?
2: I think that's a really good question and I, you know some of these things are just challenging to, yeah. to and um and so part of what I would say is discernment grows with experience mm. um you know it's like the old story of how do how do they teach you to recognize counterfeit money well they keep showing you the real money again and again and again and again until you you know it so well that you know something counterfeit you can you can Discern. I think um, when God speaks, um, if if, unless it's something that's clearly wrong or unbiblical, but if you feel like God's telling you to do something, I think the best way to grow in discerning God's voice is do it. And if that's affirmed, that that God seemed to be in that in some way, then you've learned to hear a little bit. Of when God speaks. Mm-hmm. And if he's not in it, you know, if you do something, it just seems to be totally wrong, um, you know, in terms of what effect it had, then maybe you say, well, did I hear? You know what I mean? So um, it's kind of like prophecy a little bit. You know, how do I know if I've, if God's speaking a mm-hmm. prophetic word to me or if it's my own thoughts? Well, you kind of step out and act on it, and if God seems to use it, then you, you've... Your just dis- your discernment of his voice gets a little better maybe next time you get used to hearing what he how he speaks to you and if it didn't if it wasn't from God then you you learn that way too so I do think there's a growing nature of discerning God's voice but obedience I think is one of the big keys to that discernment developing that makes sense obviously yeah the more you are obedient the
0: more you learn him and know him and see those things come true I I, I think about that in the Opposite effect, I think there's times where we want to attribute every every sign, every miracle we see as like, oh, God must be working here. That's not always the case, and so it's like the idea of going back and testing those things we hear against scripture saying, Is this fall in line with who God is and what His character is, or is this something that's completely out of left field that maybe isn't God? But it's, yeah. it's, it's part of that is the more you know Him, the more it'll be easier to kind of discern those things as we go rather than assuming. It's all God or all not
2: God. Yeah, and there's a place for discernment yeah. because, you know, there there's God who may speak to us in our thoughts and mind. There's our own thoughts that, you know, come yeah. from us. The enemy can plant thoughts and temptations and things in our minds. So so there is a discernment issue which um, you know, the the better you know your your Bible, the better your discernment will be.
1: In in situations, and I think that you're talking about go ahead and step out if it's consistent with you know the scriptures and and your understanding of God, and so. But I think that you know sometimes until you move, you don't get that check like don't go, Mm -hmm. or sometimes the the affirmation like keep going, you know, kind of thing. So I think that somehow there is a, and I think this is why the Holy Spirit, you know, he place them inside of us mm. because i think there is a dynamic of the spirit interacting with our with our soul with our mind with our you know in our spirit you know that we can get a, a affirmation or a check or you know we'll talk about other other things of grieving or whatever you know so i think that there's an element of that experiential discerning the spirit mm. affirming or checking you or stopping you kind of thing you know
0: yeah well, and, and what do you do in those times when you feel like you aren't hearing from God? You, God seems to be silent. You, you desire it, you want it, but you aren't hearing from Him. Like, what do you do in those times? And, like, yeah, how does, that, how does that kind of... How do we process that even, like, our own theology with that? We know God wants to.
2: Yeah, to me, that's one of the big mysteries of the Christian life, to be honest. Um, because there can be times when you really feel like you need to hear God, whether it's just to encourage you, to, you know, give you some answer to something you're trying to sort through, um, to give you clarity, and God just seems silent. Um, And it can feel like that's not very loving, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I really need you, God. You know, where are you? You know, don't you see how much I need you? Why why aren't you? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the big, you know, is God using those difficult times because he's doing something you wouldn't understand? Maybe. You know, maybe his answer to you you couldn't comprehend anyway if he did say to you. So there could be a dozen reasons why that's not happening. But I think that can be one of the most challenging things for yeah. people to go through. Um, particularly if you're really wanting, mm-hmm. kind of co- to connect with God and hear from Him, or you know, be, be close to Him and have Him walk, be walking with Him, mm-hmm. um, in a season that's challenging. Yeah,
1: I, I think that um, for me, in those, if if that were, t- you know, and that's not, uh, thankfully, that's not been a lot of my experience, but. I think if I try to think back, you know, what would be my response. I think first of all I would want to just go back and restore whatever if I've been lazy in my relationship with God, if I've not been seeking God, if I feel like I there's there's unconfessed sin or there's ongoing sin or things like that. I want to remove whatever by God's grace those things which takes me back to his, you know, his forgiveness of me, his and I, I know his heart towards me and going back and reminding myself you know, he's 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 eager to run to my aid and help me and stuff like that. So I I, I want to be reestablished in my sonship, you know, with God. I want to be reestablished in His commitment to me. And then I don't question. I don't seem to go to a question of God, do you love me? You know, kind of thing. Because I, I think I've learned years ago to anchor that in, in in the cross, you know, in the in the work of the gospel. So I I so then I usually I guess I would just kind of. I would, I would listen and I would take whatever I get, which is usually more of a, I'm here kind of a impression from God. Maybe it's not, he's, maybe he's not on the same timetable, you know, to give you that answer that you really want or to see something happen or something like that. So for me, I think I would probably just kind of go back to just in en- enjoying or thinking about it, hit my relationship with him and, and, and saying. You know, uh, I know that sometimes you say wait. Sometimes you say I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, when I was going through a season with my wife, you know, going through cancer, I just felt like he was just telling me, um, "I'm going to be gentle with you on this," mm. you know, and I'm and but I'm going to take her, you know, mm. and I didn't know what he was going to do specifically, you know, but I But my point in that is. I feel like I can take a refuge in who He is and who He is to me, and what my and His and His and be established in His love, and I think there's a contentment being there and just waiting for His next marching orders, kind of thing. I guess, yeah. because I don't seem to be shaken by that. You know, um, I feel like He'll let me know He's there in various ways.
0: Well, I think about this too. I think about probably two two big times. I feel like this. I commonly hear this idea. One would be like the somewhat new believer who had this huge, like, mountain type, mountaintop type experience. They've come to know Jesus, and all of a sudden that, that same experience isn't happening a couple months down the road. Mm-hmm. And another the one I think about is someone who's been walking with Jesus for years. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it well, and all of a sudden they have this time where they really need God, and they, but it seemingly met with silence. How would your counsel differ between those two situations? Someone who kind of the newer believer versus someone who's been walking with Jesus faithfully for a long time, and... Both them in the situation of they feel like it wasn't what they had, and all of a sudden it's this different thing they don't know to do with.
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, I know personally, I can I can relate um, to the idea of the mount, you know, kind of a season of kind of mountaintop, but but most of life isn't isn't that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've thought a lot about that over the years, and and in some sense I believe it's connected with being filled with the Spirit, you know, that, that and there are times in your life when God just seems to do that more than others. I wish I could control them. If, if I can, I haven't figured out how to do it yet. Um, so um, I don't know how, if some of that isn't somewhat normal, that that mountaintop experience isn't going to be your... Your everyday thirty years as a Christian yeah. experience, yeah. Um, but but I would still kind of wrestle with questions around what what should I expect in that regard. Um, uh, what was the other one? Hmm? Someone who maybe been walking with Jesus for many years, and then is the, yeah, uh, is the
0: point where they aren't like they hear hearing God.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Greg's said a number of things that I would apply there. Um, You know, I think first you kind of do some assessments. Is there anything, you know, that God would be kind of pointing out that I need to adjust or change? But, um, you know, waiting is a big theme Mm -hmm. in the Bible, (laughs) a lot bigger than we would like it to be in most cases. Um, And we don't like to wait, (laughs) Uh, particularly if we're in a challenging time. But waiting is often seems to be just part of God's Mm -hmm. prescription. Patience seems to be a value he really uh, holds dear. Uh, Not that we hold it so dear. We would like things to just be fixed. Um, And so sometimes you're just in that waiting period and maybe God's doing stuff in you that only he can do and he doesn't need your help for and he'll just do it. And when he's done, he'll he'll let you know and you'll move on. But... um, he, you know, his ways are not our ways. And um, yep. again, you can't l- look at methodology and how you think God's going to deal with you, because yeah. he may be just be doing... You may have been asking him for things, he may just be doing it, and he doesn't need your help, he doesn't need to tell you about it, he's just going to do it. Yep. And when he's done, you'll know.
0: Yeah, I think about that, like, we talked about yeah. earlier that so often what we read in the scriptures is these big things God's doing, and oftentimes, that time of patience, the waiting, is times that aren't necessarily written about. Therefore, I think we oftentimes create this false expectation in our head of only expecting those big things. When we miss out on all the things that God, that wasn't written down, that a lot of was patience and waiting. I remember a time in college where I felt like I really wanted answers of future, and I felt like I was in the Psalms and Proverbs a lot. And I felt like a lot of what I got was like God's timing is not our timing, His ways aren't our ways. Like trust in the Lord and and waiting. And those, those times can be hard, because we want answers, we want to take the next right. step, and yet guys just like patience, 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 and it's, oftentimes I feel like that lesson is is we're learning that lesson more often we want to than we want to. Yeah, I mean, Especially I feel like in today's society we're very much a right now type of people.
2: Absolutely.
1: I think there's a there's a there's a there's a tension line between this passion desire that we want in our relationship with God and the foundation of what makes this a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we can be almost idolizing the passion part of of our relationship and say, you know, what's wrong? We don't have this anymore. We don't have this anymore. And I think, you know, marriage is a good picture for us to to help us Mm -hmm. because I feel like... um, you know i would say marriage is not always going to be passion you know it's going to be grounded in something that's solid and deep and real yeah. and powerful but it's not the intimacy that maybe we we've experienced at certain p- periods and stuff like that that doesn't mean we don't want to pursue that yeah. but it doesn't mean that our relationship is resting only on that or or especially on that or something like yeah. that and i think in my relationship with god i think that you know um our relationship with God continues to grow and change, but it, it's not the same as at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's not so flimsy as if I don't have this, then I don't have a relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't want to pursue I don't want to pursue the passion and my relationship. So I'm gonna, you know, the, the the grass is greener where you water the grass. You know, I wanna I'm gonna water, <laughs> I wanna water this area of my life so that I can experience the, the joy of my relationship with God, or the passion in my relationship with God, the filling of the Holy Spirit and things like that. But it, but my that's not, you know, I don't want to make, that's the only thing that tells me I've got a good relationship, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it makes
0: sense. I mean, I think that there's, I think about the two different seasons I talked about, I think oftentimes it depends on the person, obviously. But a lot of times for me, like I know when I was a newer believer, I think it was early on, I, I had like these great experiences with God, and therefore I, I, I assumed it was supposed to always be that same way. Oftentimes, it came back to like I had to correct my own thinking of like because I'm not experiencing God the exact same way, is God somehow like disappointed in me? But it goes back to the identity in Christ of like, no, the way God sees us does not change based on how we're doing good or bad, whatever else, in terms of like, are we obeying or not all the time? Like, our identity is in Christ and what He's done, not in us living it out perfectly. And I think oftentimes for me, early on as a believer, I got caught in that trap of like, well, I, I must be not doing something right. And I got be disappointed in me because of X, Y, Z. And I had to shift my thinking. Um, and a lot of it came back to like that, those little things you talked about earlier. It's like reshift the thinking, come back to his word and kind of like learn who he is a little bit more. Um, yeah,
1: but it, it changes person to person. I mean, his scripture tells us, "He's there's no shifting shadow to His love." Yeah. You know, there's not that's that's not changing. He and He, He did not spare His own Son. How will He not also with Him graciously give us all yeah. things? So, we we can take refuge not in our experience or hearing or not hearing or circumstances, waiting or whatever. We 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 always go back to a ground that is established, and we and we can find. We can be patient in that spot, I think. Yeah. You know, and that helps us to be patient there, you know.
0: Yeah, that's obviously such a huge reminder of like those, those moments when you feel like God's silent. It's not because God looks upon you differently in yeah. this moment. Yeah. He still looks upon us like he looks upon his son. And I think those are th- important, like kind of things to hold on to in those moments when you don't feel like you're hearing him. Yeah. Just hold on to those promises of, of knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who God is, because I think that's what helps carry us through those seemingly silent yeah. times.
1: Yeah, Jesus said, uh, he said, you know, this generation seeks for signs, and no sign is going to be given to him except for the sign of Jonah. You know, so as he was three days in the, in the grave and uh, in, the, in the whale, and, he, you know, he got out, you know, that's not what he said, but <laughs> 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 <It> was my <laughs> it was my bad. But you, you know the text I'm talking about. <laughs> my, point, my point being, I think that we can be looking in the wrong place Mm-hmm. For our contentment, yeah, and we 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 have a we have a wealth in the gospel. We have a wealth of that we can we can dwell on when we don't hear the answers that we don't want to hear that we don't want to hear we haven't heard or whatever, you know. So I, I think we've we've got a place to go that can that continue to satisfy. I yeah.
0: Think. yeah, I think obviously, so we have this idea of like okay, seeing finish a verse for me. No, no, <laughs> So I, I see this process. The I'm one you me. mangled. One. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as, you, as you see the process we're talking about here, we see, the, see God at work, and then God's speaking to us to advise in that process. And there's a point where we have to say, okay, are we going to are we gonna listen? Are we going to obey? Are we going to follow and make adjustments in our life to, to join him? Yes. And I think there's two different ops, options we have there. Are we going to obey and, and then make adjustments, or are we not? So I think there's two pieces there I want to dive into, one being like, what happens if we choose not to obey? And the other one being like, what happens if we obey and then all of a sudden doors seem to close, it's not working how we thought it was going to work. And so I want to take the the second one first. Like, what do, what do we do when we obey and then seemingly doors close and it doesn't go how we thought it was going to go?
2: Well, <clears throat> one thing I would say about that is um, if, if you're trying to walk out a life of you know, walking with God in relationship, you have one responsibility. You know, Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 1, where he says, you know, we're, we're, mis- we're stewards of the mysteries of God, mm-hmm. and that moreover, it is there's one thing required of stewards, and that that they be faithful. Mm. So you don't get to call the results or know the results sometimes or, you know, even expect certain results your job is to be faithful to what you feel like God's called you to do. So whether you see something happen as a result yeah. of that or not, if you've been faithful to the best of your ability to do what you felt yeah. God wanted you to do, you've kind of done your part. And the rest is up to God whether that's sharing the gospel yeah. with somebody or, you know, some act of service or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, Adam was talking this morning about doing, you know, redoing this playground. And so they, did, you know, they had no idea what God would do with that, yep. um, and God did great things through it. But even if he hadn't, they would have still done exactly what God wanted them to do if, if he was calling them to do that. Yep. So um, I, I think, you know, understanding your part and God's part is one way just to yep. kind of take that burden off of you of trying to figure it out, yep. you know.
0: Yeah, I think about that idea of like, again, I, I constantly I grew up in in much of my knowledge in in the crew world and I think on college campuses the idea of evangelism and the idea of sharing our faith and it was that idea of like, our job is faithful to share the gospel. It's God's the one that can change hearts. Right. Like we can't change hearts, and so there might be a time where you think you did a really good job, and God might be doing something different in that person's heart you're talking to than what you realize. Maybe it's not the moment where He's going to have them trust Christ. Maybe it's just a moment where He's having them break down some preconceived notions about what Christians are about. Or maybe it's it's breaking down some, some barriers of thought patterns about God that he, that, that person was, was having. We don't know what God's doing behind the scenes in that process. And so the idea of, like, the misconception of, like, it has to go this way... Yeah. A lot of times their own own creation.
2: It kind of depends what you mean by closed doors a little yeah. bit because if if a closed door is just you don't see the result you thought might happen because we can you know we can get into that we can we can talk about how God's working in this person's life they're going to get saved you know. And then the, then it doesn't happen. So if a closed door means that I think you just you you be faithful to do your part. If a closed door is more circumstances that would seem to be standing in the way of whether there's something you feel God would want you to do. Uh, I think circumstances can be a part of how God speaks to you, mm-hmm. but I would never use circumstances alone yep. to discern what God is saying. If circumstances sure. are affirmed through counsel of other people, through you know, scripture, God speak in other ways, then circumstances play a part. But I think there's a danger... Yes. in letting circumstances alone
1: speak to you about what you think God's will is yeah sometimes circumstances it's God's testing your heart you know he he told us he told Abraham to go sacrifice your son you know um, he told you know Paul to go preach the gospel and he, and he ran into you know opposition yeah. you know Um I think yeah, through, you know, through showing jo- the gospel, Paul got stoned. Yeah, Job, yeah. Job was doing the right thing, but he lost everything. You know. Yeah. So hmm. I, you don't, we don't really know what it is that God's doing usually. You know, in, in those situations, and so yeah, I think that it's sometimes it's a time to kind of say, Lord, what are you doing? And you know, yep. and He says, I want you to come over here to Macedonia, you know, or something like that, like yeah. He did the Apostle Paul. So sometimes it's a, it's it could be a hold and you know, not yet, or it could be I'm going to show something about me or, you know, yeah. there's a lot of different things that God may be doing that we have no idea.
0: Yeah. I think oftentimes in our, especially in our culture, we use this idea of like open doors and closed doors as like signs from God. And like you said, it's not always that case. And At times, I think we use a, a bad theology lens to think about like the idea of like, oh, we, this is a closed door, must not, not be where God wants me to go. Or like, oh, he closed the door, we open a window type of idea. It's like, I think we're we're trying to read into this idea of circumstances in a way that isn't necessarily the same way God looks at those things. Sometimes closed doors happen, yeah. like Stephen getting stoned, yeah. but through Stephen getting stoned, that's what led to, like, Paul's journey. Like, yeah. we don't know how those seemingly closed doors are actually God doing things behind the scenes in that process. And
1: sometimes it could be, like, a, a, a Daniel praying, and he needs to keep going because there's a spiritual warfare going on. And if he gets yeah. stopped, you know, uh, he might not... We not mm-hmm. have, you know, certain things that God wanted to show him. Yeah, yeah so, so there's a lot of factors going on, you know, than just you, you're missing God's will or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, th- mm-hmm. I think of like a, a Nehemiah, like he could have easily looked at the destruction of, of Jerusalem and be like, well, there's no chance, like I'm going to do anything here. But yet God's like, no, no, I'm going to have you go and talk to the king. And the king's actually giving you the supplies to rebuild stuff. Talk about closed doors that seemingly were closed. And yet God's like, no, I'm going to open this one, and open this one. And I'm going to work through these things to do something even bigger than what you thought.
2: Yeah. and circumstances are sometimes things God uses to test your heart towards mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. yeah um, like i I remember when um, before I came on staff with the church um, when I worked for down in Baltimore City I, I had just gotten this huge promotion I had a you know was the director of a division of three hundred and fifty people and Three months later, God says, I want you to walk away from that and come on. You know, I'm thinking, Lord, you just, I know you just did this. You just gave me this. But the test was, would I would I leave that to follow what he wanted me to do now? And then that, obviously, that, um, it was just after a season of really hard times where you feel like,
0: well, now should be the time I should go. And God's yeah. like, no, no, stay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, yeah, his ways are not our ways, for exactly, sure. Exactly, yeah. And so I want to think about the opposite side of that of, so we talked about the idea of obeying, it doesn't seem to go our way, but the other side of things, when we choose not to obey, what we feel like God's telling us to do.
1: I mean, scripturally, you you have a lot of examples of people, you know, not doing what God would them to do. You know, you look at Jonah, you could look at all all kinds of people. So, I mean, I think that sometimes God's gonna raise up somebody else, you know. I think sometimes God's gonna just bring a discipline in your life, you know, a correction in your life. I think that I think that you know these these callings these opportunities that God gives to us are are really not meant to be penalties or difficulties in our life I think it's it's it should be some of our greatest joys in this life you know to to partner with God so I think that when we say no to God I think that you know in one sense we we miss out on that opportunity here in this life. But we also miss out on eternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that we 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 should be jealous for you know for God's glory. We should be jealous for our future reward, you know. But I think like I said, sometimes like a Jonah, God's gonna keep coming after you and until mm-hmm. you come back and do what he has you to do, you know, or he might raise somebody else up. I don't yeah. know.
2: Yeah, I think to me this goes
1: back to the idea of abiding, um, because
2: this is really all about relationship and how to maintain and walk in a close relationship with God and and Jesus kind of says it he says you know that if you obey my commands you will abide in my love so your obedience is an important element to that abiding relationship to, he says just like I obeyed my father's commands and abide in his love and so if we if we don't obey those prompts those things that God kind of calls us to those you know when God speaks to us or moves us in something, then then we'll lose the closeness of that. We'll we'll drift from that relationship, and I think some of the consequences are you won't hear God speak as much or as often. Um, I mean, He's not going to speak if He knows you're not, you know, if you're not going to walk with Him and do what He wants you to do, and 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 the you'll miss the whole point, you know. Because the whole point is to stay in that abiding relationship. And obedience yeah. is what Jesus says, how you how you stay there. And and it's how you cultivate that love for him that makes you want to be more alert, want to, you know what I mean? It kind of all builds on itself. Yeah, yeah. I think about it. I mean, this may or may not be completely theologically accurate, but the way I think about
0: it oftentimes is like we're walking with Jesus and those moments when he asks us to do something and we say no. It's almost like we're putting starting to build a wall between him and us. And like, it's like one brick on the pile. And over time, the more we say no, the more we are putting that brick there makes it one harder to hear God. And two, it means it might do some work to kind of deconstruct a wall a little bit to kind of have that close abiding body relationship again. He's capable of knocking the wall down, but also at times we need to do some work to kind of take the pieces apart to kind of be open to hearing him again in that
2: process. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when God calls us to do something, obedience is not to do for him. It's to do with him. And that's how we know him better and experience him. And as we do that, we'll love him more and want to do this more, you, you know, just...
1: And, you know, in the in the parable, of the talents you see where you're rewarded with more opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And so I think that's that's again. That's that's a that's a joy and a blessing to be able to be a part of right. what he's doing. So, like you said, if we if we if we make it a, our our habit to check him, or like, well, tell me what it is you want me to do, and I'll think about if I want to do it or yeah. not. You know, that's just not that's not a, that's not the relationship that we that we have with him. I don't think.
2: Yeah, is
0: there a point where we can say enough? Or we say, we can say no enough that we're almost like the idea of
2: scripture talks about quenching the spirit. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what quenching the spirit is, that if you ignore or disobey God's voice or the spirit's voice in your life, there will come a point when you cease to hear it. Yeah. And you will have kind of quenched the the idea of quenching is like you cut off the flow. Hmm. You know, it's like a a flow of water and you're slowly cutting off that stream until there isn't it's just a trickle. And it's not that you still don't have the Spirit present in your life, but His activity in your life may be quenched. Is that something we can do by accident?
0: By accident. Or does it take, like, intent
2: to kind of, like... I mean, maybe I would say we can do it by ignorance. Like, it, in other words, if we don't really kind of get all this, that all this that we're talking about, and we just don't understand that this is the dynamic God wants to have with us... Um, you know, and if we're more legalistic in how we approach our faith and, you know, we just we just don't get this concept, yeah. um, then maybe we just miss it and can quench the spirit accidentally that way. Um, but it's more through maybe not understanding.
1: Yeah, I think it's generally disobedience. disobedience yeah. Yeah. It Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And I, I think that they... Yeah, I, I think that generally it's it's you know what he just asks you to do. And a lot of times God will keep bringing you back to the same thing. Yeah, I, I asked you to do this, you know, and you'd say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I do think that there, that stiffening, stiff, stiff-necked or yep. hard-heart, or those are the phrases kind of are yep. used at other places in scriptures, but I think that that's a... That that keeps you from here At some point, you just you're not yeah. going to hear that much from God.
0: And that's what I was thinking too. Like the idea is like it takes some sort of purposeful. Like I'm going to say no to this, and I say no to this enough times that wall gets built. So I think that that would be the more common case in my in my experience and what yeah. my thought process would be. Yeah. yeah, I think it
2: would have some sort of in like act of our will, and maybe a biblical kind of illustration of this is this idea of, of the searing of your conscience, you know, that yeah. if you... Your conscience is often how hmm. the spirit kind of speaks to you, particularly around moral-related yeah. things. And so if you disregard the spirit's voice, you know, the, the Bible says you. you'll it's like it's like searing your constant yeah. cauterizing, so it's no longer sensitive. It doesn't hear anymore. And you won't... You'll lose that sense of the Spirit speaking to yeah. you
0: um, over time. I think yeah, it's you, a nice, yeah. the, the idea of, I think the term of desensitizing yourself. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Yeah. I think in Isaiah it says, uh, "To this one I'll look to him who's humble and contrite in spirit, mm-hmm. who trembles at my word." And that shows the opposite side, you know, where you're humble, where you're you're sensitive, you're con- you're broken, and you know, yeah. and you tremble at his word, you know okay God I'll do what you say you know kind of thing yeah. as we move to the opposite direction on those things you know I think we don't hear his word you know he's not sp- yeah. you don't hear him speaking as much
0: you know I think a lot of times we can we can kind of in our mind categorize that and almost like put it into a certain file kind of a box like okay at least we're if, as long as we're being sensitive to God over here then we're okay but I think oftentimes what what happens is like if we have an area of our life that we're not obeying God in and we're kind of like exposing ourselves to sin and that kind of thing and kind of over time that's gonna desensitize us to hearing God in multiple areas of our life not just the one I would I would think like as we're let's say there's a, a yeah struggling with sin pattern over and over and then all of a sudden it's like you're not gonna necessarily hear him easily over here either in other areas of yeah, consciousness
2: no, I think that's true I mean I think the the Bible says there are two ways we can kind of um, diminish the Spirit's activity in our life. One is this quenching idea we've talked about, the other is grieving the Spirit, which is usually connected to some sin that we know, we you know, that God's kind of helped. We know that it's not We need to turn from that, but we don't, and we can kind of grieve the Spirit's activity in our life and kind of lose out on it that way as well.
1: Yeah, and I think about grieving again. That's a reminder to me that this is personal to God. Mm -hmm. You know, this is His His Holy Spirit inside of you, and you are dismissing, and you are disobeying, and you are, or you put Him into a, a an unholy kind of a. W- response or, or something like that, and that you know, that's that's grieving to the holy God, mm-hmm. the, to the person of Christ, it's like that. So, I, yeah, I think that that should remind us when you, when you sense that you know, that this is a person, this is the person of God inside of you who's who's you, you've you're openly disobeying him, yeah. you're openly. Put him in, in situations he doesn't want to be in kind of thing, in, in a sense. Yeah, I'm thinking,
2: you know, I'll, I'll often hear people in conversations I have with them say, you know, am I doing something wrong here? You know, yeah. like I'm not hearing from God. I'm not experiencing him. Am I doing something wrong? And I would usually say to them, if if you are, I think you'd know. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, hmm. like if, if there's something you're grieving the spirit about or... you know, quenching the spirit about, I think you would generally know. So, you know, I think people can really struggle with doing this inner soul searching sometime about there must be something that I'm not seeing or something I'm missing. And I don't, in most cases, that's probably not the case. You're probably just in one of those seasons where God's saying you just need to sit tight until... F- until further instructions come, which can be really challenging. It can
1: be, yes. yes. Well, I remember you, in your counseling, Don. You were, and I, you've got the verse uh, better than I do. But I know it's talking about to the prophets. It says, "I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep talking to you about this. It's going to be in, in front of your face." What is that Ezekiel, verse? In Ezekiel and, and Ezekiel, yeah. and what is that? That's how I think God is going to keep talking to you about that area. You know, if you're if you're disobeying Him, you're loving something else, you're worshiping something else. You know, he does. He's. This is what I'm gonna keep talking to you about. So I do think he's faithful to keep that in front of you. You know that this is where you've kind of disobeyed me. You know, or this is where you need to address. Although maybe it's fair
2: to say that there can come a point where you get your heart gets so hardened that you just don't
1: hear that anymore. But you probably could ask that person. Was there some a time where God was asking you something and you've and you just you decided I'm not going there. You know. And I think they would know. You know, God's not,
2: he's not, he doesn't play games with us. He's not saying, you, you got to guess what the problem is here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think he's like that.
0: I think oftentimes we can we can look at kind of God working in our lives and think about, like, we oftentimes see and, and kind of glorify those those big things God does, whether it be, like, stories in the Bible, whether it be, like, people even hearing stories now, like, you see, like, God doing his big things to people. Oftentimes our, our life, we don't always see those big things. And, and what do we do with the idea, like, why doesn't god give give me a a big assignment in that process? like why doesn't God give us something that like, yeah, why doesn't God give us like that big
2: assignment uh, for uh, many people? well you you might have answered your own question in in posing the question and that they just don't happen all the time. Yeah. you know they they're just not your everyday experience in most yeah. cases. so I think we've we've probably covered like if you. Do some self-evaluation. Is there anything, you know, am I being faithful with what God's already told me to do? Um, And if you are, to the best of, you know, your sense of knowing, then I think you're, you're where you need to be. If you're not, if you're not kind of, willing to walk with God, and, and being willing to walk with God includes all these things we've been talking about, making adjustments, interrupting your schedule, follow, you know, doing what He calls you to do, being willing to do whatever's sacrificial and doing that. Um, if you're not doing that, the question is, you know, is there a need for you to kind of repent and reposition yourself to want to walk with Him more like that?
1: Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I mean, in my personal life, you know, I, I, I'm, as a young Christian, I was very ambitious for myself, <laughs> for my own glory, you know, I wanted the big assignment, so to speak, and um, I think that there was a s- years and decades of my life where I think God was, was saying, could you be content if you're, if you're like a one-talent person, you know, I give you one talent, be faithful with this, mm-hmm. you know or if you were a 3 or whatever, you know, he's not going to give 5 to everybody, but he's going to reward everyone yeah. and he's going to he's going to bless everyone, you know, who is faithful with what they have. And I just think that more than being ambitious for the the five talent, you know, uh, am I being faithful, you know, am I honoring God and am I, and can I find joy in, in whatever he gives me? Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of people Are living through what seems like a mundane life, um, with not a lot of reward, so to speak, not a lot of fanfare, and God's pleased with those people. God's, God's gonna say well done to those people, you know, and so I think that there's a, sometimes there's a putting to death, some of the reason I wanted to be, get the big assignment, <laughs> and let me say the bigger the assignment doesn't always mean the, the greater the joy in your life, you know, because <laughs> sometimes the bigger the assignment, the, the more challenges that also yeah. come with that, and, and, I'm, and I'm grateful that he knows my frame, yeah. he knows what what's, he's designed me for, and He's giving me his, his, what He wants me to do. And so I needed to s- walk with that. I think about it too, I think about the idea of
0: like, just because the assignment we're given doesn't look big in our eyes, doesn't mean it doesn't look big in God's eyes. Yeah. Like I think of how many people are five talent, 10 talent people that aren't people we all know about. Like I think about, like you think about the disciples, you have the 12 that you kind of talk about, how many hundreds of others that all they are is a, a footnote, not even a footnote in the Bible. Yet God used them to different things and being faithful in their process. Or I think about like today's celebrity culture, we think of the the big name pastors like a John Piper, like a Tim Keller, but there's thousands of pastors around the world doing big five talent, 10 talent jobs that we don't hear anything about. And oftentimes we discount them that they didn't get a big assignment when God's using them in huge ways. Or I think about the story of like a, a Henrietta Mears who in her Sunday school class, she was just faithful to be a Sunday school teacher. But in her Sunday school class, she influenced multiple of the biggest evangelists in the mid-1900s or eight, tw- uh, 20th century, the 1950s or so, multiple of the biggest like evangelists we have in our American history through a seemingly mundane, small assignment of doing a Sunday school class.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, th- to me, this is, this is the importance of not what I call discounting the little things. Exactly, yeah. Because the little things matter to God, first of all. You know, Jesus says, you know, whoever even just gives a cup of cold water to one of the least of these brothers of mine will not lose their. So so little things, are they matter to God. But you also don't know how a little thing might change the world, exactly. you know, because God is so multifaceted in how he uses things. I mean... Think about the person who you know shared the gospel with Billy Graham or with you know, DL Moody, and you know maybe that was a little thing in that moment, but how did God use that little thing to affect thousands and thousands of lives? And so you, you never know what God's going to do with a little thing. And I think the Bible says He who is faithful in little. Will be faithful in much. So I think God's looking for those yep. who will be faithful in the small things that He gives them. Yeah. And he, if He can trust you with the small things, mm-hmm. then you're positioning yourself to be trusted with greater things. If you can't be trusted with the little things, yeah. then why would anybody give you more yeah. to do? You know?
0: Yeah. So as we as we wrap up our time here, I think about kind of like How do we apply some of these pieces? How do we, what do we do from here? Like, what would be your encouragement to
1: someone listening? Well, since I've got, you know, branded the one who takes risks, you know, (laughs) um, I, I think I would think, you know, of my own tomorrow, today, this week, you know, am I watching for God to do things? Uh, am I willing to t- take a, take a risk and let my schedule put it aside, perhaps, or you know, or, or um, some money I have to spend, or, or you know, or whatever it is—the prompting, the un- inconvenience, or things like that—I'd probably st- want to try and step out, and then I'd probably talk with people in my small group, or if you're not in a small group, you know, get get with a group of people who really they want to be a part of what God's doing today too, and just you know, share your experiences with one another. Say, hey, you know. This is what I tried to do. I think this was God. What do you think? And, you know, just start interacting with it. It's kind of like learning how to share your faith with people.
0: Yeah.
1: You kind of learn as you do, you know. So uh, I would lean into just, you know, s- stepping out in faith, learning what that small voice sounds like, seeing how God works and, and various things. That would be my thought.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's an there's an, an inside the church application, which you're kind of referring to, and, and an outside the church application. I mean, one of our... You know, one of our key values as a church is to raise up everyday missionaries. And I think that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about what life as an everyday missionary kind of looks like and walking that out with Jesus. And so do you want that? Do do you want to experience that? And I think you got to wrestle through that question first because not everybody does, you know. Um, it's easy in this prosperous, comfortable culture to just settle into the things that make life comfortable and happy. Yeah. Um, but if you want it, <clears throat> then you you, know, you you work at kind of cultivating that situational awareness and being alert and being willing to, to respond when God prompts, and God will find ways yeah. to use your life to further His kingdom stuff.
0: Well, I think it's, it's so easy in our current culture where everything's online. Um, I think I hear more and more, young people especially, this idea of kind of being a lone ranger Christian and kind of like, well, they can go listen to good podcasts online and they can go kind of like be filled up that way but never really get involved and connected with other believers and they kind of think that's okay. And I th- and the warning I would have there is I think you can't get past in New Testament the the, the clear conviction that Paul it illustrates and also Jesus talks about This idea of like the vessel of the church and what God's doing through that. And it's easy for us as a bunch of pastors to kind of sit here and talk about that and assume that. But I think it's also because of our current culture, we've created more and more of the Lone Ranger Christian. And I think that my warning would be that that's a dangerous place to put yourself because you really, by doing so and not being exposed to other believers around you, you're missing out on a huge vital aspect of what walking with God's really about in the community. And so I would say like, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't plugged into a church community, I know it's challenging. I know there's church hurts and other things that happen, but I think you'd see in Scripture that this is a vital thing. So therefore, like lean into God with these things and say, all right, God, like if there's a church hurt piece of it, like God, help me work through this. Help me find some other believers that I can work through with this with, find counseling, whatever else needed. And if you think you can do it on your own, I would encourage you to take the step to kind of Find a place where you can plug in and not every church is gonna look the same. Their values are gonna look different, maybe their beliefs look different. So find a place that you can plug in and kind of live life with them and be on mission with them and be exposed to kind of like being alert to what God's doing around us and being willing both individually and also corporately to jump in where God's already at work. And so thinking about a community, thinking about both individually and in a community, how do we how are we alert? How are we willing? And how are we just trusting God of like Man, I, I want to see God work in those situations and asking Him to to show Him, show you, kind of give you the eyes to see what He's doing. And so the encouragement, man, I, I think about, I just look forward to coming out of this, coming out of this series, coming out of this podcast, thinking about, I'm encouraged to hear the different stories of how God is working and how people are jumping in and how people are, are being used. And so I think about, like, obviously our church community, we have a lot of events come up here towards Easter um, obviously a big time of year in the Christian faith. And so I'm excited to see how God's going to use our community um, and, and use our church and in our community as well, in our in a broader community around us. Um, so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to continue this podcast, see what else God has for us this season two of Grace at the Table and kind of see how we can encourage and challenge one another and um, yeah, see how God's at work around us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grace at the Table about our most recent sermon series, Abide, Experiencing God in Everyday Life. Grace at the Table is a production of Grace Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to like and subscribe and share it with a friend. If you'd like any more information about our church, please visit gracecommunity.org.